You are listening to Love, Maine Radio, hosted by Dr. Lisa Belisle and recorded at the studios of Maine Magazine in Portland. Dr. Lisa Belisle is a writer and physician who practices family medicine and acupuncture in Brunswick, Maine. Show summaries are available at lovemainradio.com. Here are some highlights from this week's program. It's good for us to practice patience because um, it's really about um, feeling peace and not being pressured and not putting too much pressure on anyone and helping them to come to their own understanding of how to take care of themselves. Um, and, that, and that was great for, for a long time, but then the transition started to, to go to more, how can I challenge myself to help people who don't have the abilities of these athletes. This is Dr. Lisa Belial, and you are listening to Love Main Radio, show number 228, Bodily Alignment for the first time on January 31st, 2016. Every body has the innate ability to keep itself healthy and in balance. This balance is best achieved by maintaining good alignment, both physical and emotional. Today, we speak with osteopathic physician Dr. J.C. Goddard and with exercise science specialists Rebecca Wool and Tom Kropp about keeping our bodies healthy and aligned. Thank you for joining us. Love, Maine Radio is brought to you by Apothecary by Design. There was a time when the apothecary was a place where you could get safe, reliable medicines prepared by experienced professionals with a focus on you and your unique health concerns. Apothecary by Design is built around the forgotten notion that you don't just need your prescriptions filled. You need attention, advice, and individual care. Visit their website, apothecarybydesign.com, or drop by the store at 84 Marginal Way in Portland and experience pharmacy care the way that it's meant to be. Experience chef and owner Harding Lee Smith's newest hit restaurant, Boone's Fish House and Oyster Room, Maine seafood at its finest. Joining sister restaurants, the Front Room, the Grill Room, and the Corner Room, this newly renovated two-story restaurant at 86 Commercial Street on Custom House Wharf overlooks scenic Portland Harbor. Watch lobstermen bring in the daily catch as you enjoy baked stuffed lobster, raw bar, and wood-fired flatbreads. For more information, visit theroomsportland.com. My next guest is an individual who have known, I have known both personally and professionally, as she has been actually my doctor for a little while. This is Dr. J.C. Goddard, who is a doctor of osteopathy at Freeport Osteopathic Health. She is a faculty preceptor at Maine Medical Center's Department of Integrative Medicine, and uh, she helped fix a... Uh, almost pneumonia that I had earlier this fall. So thanks for coming to talk to me and thanks for fixing my lungs. Absolutely, I'm glad to be here. So you do something that I find really quite fascinating. Um, you help people almost realign their bodies so that they can more uh, closely realign with their lives and their health and obtain a greater wellness by putting your hands in just the right places to put things back into, um, well, alignment. Talk to me about that. Um, that's right. You actually said it uh, maybe better than I would. Um, we we go to medical school and learn all the the basics of, of medicine. But um, in addition, when we go to osteopathic medical school, we learn um, how to use our hands to diagnose um, the bones, the muscles, the ligaments, the fascia, which is like the connective tissue of the body. Um, and then... Um, Beyond that, we actually learn to consider the organs and the, the blood vessels and the lymphatics, 
um, and to try to help the body kind of be in an optimal optimal state so that um, things can flow and like you said things can be balanced and there isn't too much tension in one one part of the body or another. I'm guessing that when you chose to go to osteopathic medical school it was a very conscious decision that there was something about that type of training that really resonated with you. That's right, but actually I would say that I I sort of stumbled across it because um, at the time I was um, sort of weighing the decision to go to conventional medical school or maybe doing something more alternative like naturopathic medicine. Um, And I was interested in the concepts of Chinese medicine. And um, it was actually the philosophy of osteopathy um, that really kind of clinched it for me to make the decision. Um, And that being that the philosophy um, looks at the structure and function of the person, that um, there's a consideration of the whole person. Um, And those kinds of concepts that just really resonated with me because I really felt like I wanted to do what was gonna help people, not just um, give them medicines and um, not really find the root of the problem, so. I didn't realize when I, when I actually, I thought that the manipulation part might be kind of a bonus, but I didn't realize until um, I actually started learning some some techniques. And actually, it was when somebody taught me um, that you can treat something like a sinus infection with your hands um, to help the the fluids drain. And um, I actually had that treatment done on me, and I was so blown away that I felt better within a few minutes that I really started to get excited and, and I wanted to be able to do that for people. That's interesting because when I started doing acupuncture, one of the things that caused me to realize, hey, this really works, is actually using needles in the sinuses and the knowledge that you don't have to like blast the sinuses with antibiotics that may or may not even work because it may not even be a bacterial infection, but that you could somehow move things within the bones of the face, the hollows in the bones of the face, and make people healthy again. So it's interesting that, a, that the sinuses is something that um, that you found and I found as well. I also, when I was going through my training at Maine Medical Center, and I know that you precept with the integrative medicine program over there, um, there was a lot of work being done with uh, babies um, who had been born and maybe they had had a traumatic escape through the birth canal and um, sometimes they needed to be realigned. Also with pregnant women who are having difficulties with maybe their pelvises not quite being roomy enough. And it was, it was interesting because there was nothing I had to offer to these, to these people. I didn't have anything to offer these babies or these mothers. And then along came a very skilled osteopathic physician who was able to just do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it really helped a lot. Um, yeah, and, and that's actually one of the um, things that I think is um, sort of underappreciated in osteopathic medicine. I think a lot of people don't know um, that we can treat babies and that the treatment of babies is um, almost so gentle you can't really see much happening. Um, and I think a lot of um, people who, have, who haven't seen it might be afraid that it's 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 hard on them or it could be dangerous to them. But um, if, you, if you've ever seen someone treat a baby osteopathically, you, you pretty quickly find that babies start to just relax, their little fists open up, and um, they respond so well um, because they're, they're already pretty healthy. And, and like you said, sometimes they had a, a 
a tough passage through the birth canal and there there might be some tension in, in their neck that's affecting their um, it's basically the nerves that affect the the tongue and the swallowing mechanism um, those are some of the main things that we find in babies that have trouble latching um, and breastfeeding it, it always breaks my heart when I meet someone that's said oh I didn't I didn't breastfeed because um, my baby wouldn't latch and that's something that could very easily be treated and usually just one or two um, visits and the earlier we we see them um, the better they respond and it's just such it's so mirac miraculous to me that something so simple and so gentle can have such a long-lasting effect on their health and similarly um, with moms to help prepare the birth canal and um, to help relax their body and kind of optimize um, the structure of their pelvis so that the birth process goes easily. And another, another thing that um, we can do is help um, sometimes, not always, depending on whether it's right for the individual, but sometimes we can um, do a technique that again is very gentle, very non-invasive to help a breech baby flip. And again, to me that's something that um, is so rewarding because it's, it's, it's very gentle and it's very safe and it can give that mother and that baby a, a normal birth process versus having to have a C-section. So again, that's something that people don't know about. Um, and I, I feel that just for the benefit of, of people um, to know that um, is basically one of the reasons I, I was happy to be on the show because I think that's important for people to know about. I've had patients too who, um, as, as children, who have had chronic ear infections and were put on antibiotic after antibiotic after antibiotic, or um, I've had patients with chronic headaches that were on very significant amounts of migraine medication, and they've gone for osteopathic work, and they haven't, the, the kids didn't need the tubes put in their ears, or the, the people that with migraines didn't need to keep taking their medicine. So there's something interesting about the sort of repatterning that you're able to do with people's bodies so that they can be less impacted by these chronic problems. Definitely, and and again, um, the pediatric population is, is one that I find um, doesn't get the advantage of osteopathic manipulation that um, maybe the adults might. Um, and I'm not sure why that is. I, I suspect it's lack of understanding of what we do and how gentle it is and how safe it is. Um, babies or young young kids with um, ear infections often respond very well um, to to manipulation and they usually just need a few a few treatments to help loosen it's basically kind of loosen up their neck and the base of their skull so that things can drain it's basically this a very similar concept to the um, sinus issues and um, yes absolutely with with headaches um, or migraines I th in in my experience a lot of what are termed migraines have a very large tension component um, um, and I think even the tension can contribute to what might be a vascular or blood vessel cause um, of a migraine. So patients respond very well to, um, to osteopathic treatment for, for headaches and migraines, and it often prevents them from coming back. Doesn't, you know, usually we can relieve a tension headache on the spot, um, but I think more important is to try to prevent it from coming back and helping that person to have a less painful life, really. In the time that I've spent coming to your office, I've enjoyed talking with you because you are 
kind of open to all the different things that might contribute to someone's life being off balance or someone's body being off balance. So you might give someone um, exercises to do when they go home if they're having issues with um, maybe having neck pain after being at work for you know a certain number of hours, or you'll talk to them about bigger things such as you know where how is your life feeling to you these days, and you know how does this feel to you? And I like that a lot because so much of the time in medicine, we have an issue, we have a problem, and we try to like quick fix it, and you're trying to really get to the under. Un- the un- underneath the underbelly, the soft underbelly, and kind of uh, work with that a little bit, and give some solutions, and be open-minded as to what those solutions might be. Yes, definitely, it's it's something that I'm I'm constantly examining. Um, basically, how I'm taking care of my patients. I I'm not sure, but I think perhaps not all um, osteopaths that do manipulation are quite as involved in um, kind of digging deeper. Um, like I am. So sometimes I question it. I'm perhaps not an osteopathic manipulation purist, but again, I am trying to find the the cause of the problem. And if it's something they're doing with posture at, at the computer, which I find is increasingly common these days, or somebody that's tr- spending a lot of time in, in the car that's putting a strain on their neck and back, um, things like that. If I feel like I'm doing a disservice if I'm not helping them to understand what's causing the problem so that it's prevented. I, I really don't want to create a a kind of a need for people to have to come to me. I'd rather really fix the problem or help them fix the problem. And I and I really like the idea of helping people to understand how to take care of themselves. And I think sometimes people just want the quick fix and and it's hard and I myself included, you know, there are things that, that I need to do to um, manage my stress and check my posture and make sure I'm getting enough sleep and um, doing the things that are good for in my life. But really, I think that that's what, what makes us healthy is when we can learn how to really take good care of ourselves and, and prevent the problems down the road. Um, There's also some patience involved, like not patience like I am a patient, but some patience involved with allowing the body to heal itself. Um, when I first went to see you, I was going in for um, a knee issue and a shoulder issue, and some of it was related to surgeries I had last year after my cancer diagnosis, but more acutely, I was having a cough. And it was something that I'd had long enough so that if I was my own doctor, I might've prescribed antibiotics for myself. But also as my own doctor, I didn't wanna take antibiotics because I had this strong sense that it, it could be cleared because it probably wasn't um, a raging bacterial pneumonia. And I went to see you for a few sessions and you really did help open up my rib cage so that my body could actually heal itself so that I could breathe more deeply so that I could actually get the, the air to where it needed to go and the blood to where it needed to go. And, um, and it took time, but it was worth it to me because then I wasn't left with the problems one gets associated with taking antibiotics unnecessarily. But it, it is patience. There's some patience involved in this. How is that for you when you have to talk to people about the time it might take to heal? Um, yeah, it does require patience, and um, and I, I think um, it's good for us to practice patience because um, it's really about um, feeling peace and not being pressured and not putting too much pressure on anyone and helping them to come to their own understanding of how to take care of themselves. And, you know, really... Um, Again, like you were saying, if, if we hadn't addressed, addressed kind of that underlying issue, then, th- then you might have been 
left with a setup for another infection down the road. So I think really it's about helping people to understand better. Um, and I tend to talk to my patients a lot because I, I feel like it's important to understand why we're doing something, why, why I'm doing it the way I'm doing it, and why I'm trying to engage the individual in doing their own part. Um, for example, um, a breathing technique to help to um, loosen up the rib cage or relax the body. Um, and I think that that comes from really the, the foundations of osteopathy. Um, Dr. Andrew Taylor still, who basically um, discovered that the body is really already set up to heal itself and it just needs a little bit of help. Um, and if we can do that, it actually does help the body to do what it's supposed to do in terms of blood flow and lymphatic flow and healing infections and things like that. So I think education, I guess, would be the way that I deal with um, somebody who wants a, a, real, a real quick fix. So what is the difference for people who are wondering between someone who has a DO degree or um, an osteopathic medical degree and an MD degree, that would be an allopathic medical degree, what's the difference in the training? Um, in my understanding, it's not that different. Um, um, people who go to osteopathic medical school, just like people who go to a more conventional medical school, have to have a four-year college degree. Then, um, then the medical school itself is also four years, and this, the last two years are spent in clinical training, and we learn the biochemistry, and we do anatomy dissections, and we do the pharmacology, and we do the histology, and um, basically it's the same in terms of all the medical concepts. And then there's an additional, um, usually weekly, osteopathic manipulation um, lecture and lab where you you learn um, kind of the background of a technique and an, or an approach, and then um, we go to a lab where you actually learn how to put your hands on your fellow, um, uh, whatever, colleague medical students, and um, we learn to start to actually put your hands on people, which um, I think that might be one difference that um, we kind of end up with. We, we often feel a little bit more comfortable touching people just because we, we are kind of strongly encouraged to touch each other when we go to medical school. But I, I, think, the, I think that the education is very similar. Obviously, I think there's a normal variation amongst medical schools, all kinds of medical schools, so I think there's a variation. But I think that the difference is, is that we get that manipulation part. And we also get the, some of the osteopathic philosophy. But frankly, it, it, it wasn't as different as I thought um, when I ended up in medical school. I thought it would be more, I thought there would be a really strong emphasis on nutrition, or I thought there might be some more alternative um, concepts introduced. And really it wasn't. It was actually pretty conventional standard medical school with the addition of the manipulation. Not all um, osteopathic physicians choose to practice osteopathic manipulative medicine. Some osteopathic physicians um, go on and get just standard training, which enables them to become an internal medicine specialist or an orthopedic surgeon. You chose to do osteopathic manipulative medicine. Why did that call to you so much? Um, that's pretty easy, and again, it goes back to that, really, that those early days in medical school when I realized that I could really help somebody pretty quickly, and it was so rewarding and so fulfilling. Um, 
and I think it really was about, and I think it's probably because of my own personal health struggles um, in my teens and, and growing up and, and finding that um, really there are a lot of medical problems that people have that doctors don't know how to deal with. And um, having been looked at like, well, you're crazy. That problem's not real. There's nothing that can be done about that. And um, I found that incredibly frustrating. And I, I think that that's basically one of the things that kind of led me to the place where I am now, where I love taking care of problems that nobody else can fix. I am so excited when somebody comes in and their doctors have told them that they think it's all in their head and that there's nothing that can be done. So I think it has to do with that for me personally. Um, but I, I love what I do because I really get to know my patients. I get to spend a little bit more time with them and I get um, to think medically and I get to be challenged to try to address different pro problems and try to think about problems in a new way. Um, so it's, it's, I feel really blessed to be doing what I'm doing because it, I really feel like I'm actually helping people in a way that um, conventional medicine today doesn't really get to the issue. The way that you've chosen to practice medicine is has been um, a little bit of a risk for you. You just opened up a new practice in Freeport, bright, beautiful, big windows, but it was a big move. You came down originally from a little bit further up in the state where you had been working with a family practice residency, and you worked with another doctor in this area, and now you are in an office with your husband, who is also an osteopathic physician. It's a leap. You're in charge of your own space. You're in charge of your own practice. Tell me what that's been like for you. Um, yeah, so it, it really has been a challenge. And, and I was in Bangor at the residency program at Eastern Maine Medical Center, um, family medicine residency. And I had been there for 11 years, and um, I just knew it was time to spread my wings. So I really started um, reaching out and looking out. and. Frankly, I wanted to get under somebody else's wing. <laughs> I really wanted somebody else to run the business. I really wanted somebody else to do the do the math and the numbers and the books and deal with the insurance because it's really it's a really scary thing. Um, and fortunately, when I took over the practice from another um, DO who was moving out of the area, they they basically got me started. Um, so it was a leap of faith and it was really challenging and. Um, I think it was something that I needed to go through, um, and it's worth it. I had a I had a, um, a college student shadowing. We had a college student shadowing us yesterday, um, and we were just talking about about how it is to run your own business. And he said, "Is it worth it?" And um, I have to say, absolutely. It's absolutely worth it because I'm able to spend. If I really need to spend more time with somebody, I can. Um, and yeah, it's a pain, and yes, it's scary, and yes, it's complicated. And when you've got a, you move your change, a change of address, and you've got ten, a ten-page form you've got to fill out for Medicare. It's, it's like this is crazy, but it's really worth it when that person comes back and they say my pain went from an eight to a two, and they're feeling like they can get back to work again. It that's all. It makes it all worthwhile. So, it's it's a learning process, and I think all of us. Um, osteopathic physicians in the state of Maine. Um, there are a lot of us, actually, and I think we're 
we're all we're all feeling it. It's a struggle. It's and we're not in it for the money because if we were doing it for the money, we would absolutely be doing something else. Um, but it's it's because I I think we really feel that um, it's good for our patients, and um, so it's it's worth it. It's been an interesting time in medicine. You and I both were trained around the same time, and we've been in medicine around the same number of years, and. Um, it's, it doesn't look the way it did when we first went to medical school. How has that, how has that felt to you? Um, well, I guess it's, it's frustrating and it's scary. Um, but I keep thinking that, and I, you know, I hear it from, from our patients. It's like, well, my doctors don't spend time with me. And I, I try to say to them, it's not really your doctor's fault. It's because they work for a big company and because somebody's paying the bills and they've got to see a certain number of patients to pay the bills and so it's you know the doc the patients feel like the doctors are the ones that are just that don't care but i don't think that's it i think i think in i think probably across the country physicians are very um, kind of disenchanted and frustrated that they can't really take care of the patients in the way they want to and i think it's a system issue it's not each individual each individual doctor's bad. It's not that at all. I think most really care and most really want to help people. And I keep hoping that um, it just becomes more clear to patients and healthcare administrators and maybe the government as, a, as an entirety and the insurance companies that really if we can invest a little bit of time and help people understand how to take care of themselves, we won't be putting out the fires. We won't be spending the money on um, all of the medications that are so expensive. We won't have the need to be in the hospital as much. And maybe when you think about it, well, there's a lot of money to be made from the pharmaceutical industry and visits to the hospital. But I guess I'm an idealist and I'm, I'm hopeful that um, somehow um, people are gonna uh, work to make that better as a whole. JC, how can people find out about the work that you do at the Freeport Osteopathic Health Practice that you run? Um, we have a website. Um, it's relatively simple, but it does um, list kind of what we do and, and what our training um, entailed and our board certification and things like that. It's um, at www.freeportosteopathic.com. Um, and again, there are a lot of us out there doing manipulation. Most of us have um, pretty busy practices, but um, I'm not here to advertise for myself. I'm really here because I think that I want people to know about osteopathy because it's something that can really help people. Well, I encourage anyone who's listening who hasn't had a chance to experience osteopathic medicine um, to really look into it and consider whether it might be a good fit for them because I certainly have found it has been a good fit for me and also for other patients that I've recommended it to. And today we've been speaking with Dr. J.C. Goddard, who is a doctor of osteopathy at Freeport Osteopathic Health and also a faculty preceptor at Maine Medical Center's Department of Integrative Medicine. I think you've represented your profession well, and I, I thank you for the work that you're doing and for being here today. Thanks so much. I really had a fun time talking to you. Love, Maine Radio is brought to you by Berlin City Honda where the car buying experience is all about easy. After all, life is complicated enough and buying a car shouldn't be. That's why the Berlin City Honda team goes the extra mile by pre-discounting all their vehicles 
and focus their efforts on being open, honest, and all about getting you on the road. In fact, Berlin City recently won the 2015 Women's Choice Award, a strong testimony to their ability to deliver a different kind of car buying experience. Berlin City Honda of Portland, easy. It's how buying a car should be. Go to BerlinCityHondaME.com for more information. St. Mary's Regional Medical Center, located in Lewiston-Auburn, offers integrative medicine under the direction of Dr. Ann Brown. Integrative medicine focuses on improving your overall wellness, reducing stress, managing disease or chronic conditions, preventing disease, and managing pain. Your 90-minute consultation includes an integrated patient history, medical exam, one-on-one health education and lifestyle coaching, treatment options emphasizing nutrition, supplements, mind-body techniques, and other complementary modalities. To schedule a consultation at St. Mary's Integrative Medicine, please call 207-755-3245. It's always a pleasure to spend time with individuals who really understand the way that the body works and the joy of using the body in fun ways like exercise. Today we're speaking with two individuals who are relatively new to Maine and doing something that I think is quite great. Um, This is Tom Kropp and Rebecca Wool, who run Shift Portland, which is a personal fitness facility on Market Street. Tom received his bachelor's degree in exercise science from Loras College in Iowa and a master's degree from Rockford College outside Chicago. Originally from Nebraska, Tom played college football before coaching in the college ranks for many years following graduation. Prior to starting Shift Portland, Tom was responsible for the business and education of more than 65 trainers as personal training manager for the flagship location of Equinox Fitness Clubs in New York City. Tom is also a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. While not at the gym, Tom enjoys being outdoors running, biking, hiking, golfing, or exploring. Thanks for coming in, Tom. Thank you. And you also have with you your lovely wife, Rebecca Wool. Rebecca holds a master's degree from Columbia University in motor learning and control with a concentration on balance in adults 55 and older. She is a certified balance and mobility instructor for Fallproof through the Center for Successful Aging at Cal State Fullerton. Rebecca is also a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the National Strength and Conditioning Association with additional certifications in functional movement, nutrition, and kettlebells. Previously, Rebecca managed personal training departments for Equinox Fitness Clubs, including flagship locations in New York City. Rebecca holds a BA in dance and English from Connecticut College. Prior to her current focus, Rebecca was a professional modern dancer who continues to choreograph and teach throughout the New York and Portland, Maine area. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having us. You guys have a lot of background in this area. Yep. We do. You're clearly very passionate about the work that you do. Yes, we absolutely are. So I'm kind of interested. Why Maine? You guys have, one of you is from New York, one's from Nebraska. You lived in Brooklyn for nine years, 10 years, but you're here. You came here last summer. You got married, you settled down in our fair city. Yeah, and thank goodness. <laughs> um, we, um, the, the journey's been been a long time coming. It's been quick and in time since we, we've made the journey and uh, I guess in August when we moved up um, from from our standpoint just being able to have a better lifestyle is really what the impetus was for us um, New York was great and we loved a lot of things about it uh, but we wanted to go to go to a place where we could have 
um, an opportunity to build our business, an opportunity to um, have a lifestyle that was going to be more conducive to eventually raising the family um, and, and doing things along those lines. We loved what um, we could find in Maine, so we loved the integration of health in everyday life, the fact that we can walk out our door and find a trail to go running or biking or, or walking on, um, and then go to work. And um, we love the opportunities that Maine presents uh, in terms of health. Everyone here is really focused on how can we improve our everyday lifestyle? How can we make wellness a part of that? Um, and there's a calm here that doesn't exist in a lot of other places in the world, particularly in New York, um, although you know you can find it places there as well. Uh, and that's really important to your mental health and um, a state of mind that will find a nice combination between physical and um, psychological integration. Uh, and we really liked that wellness, um, that, that, that opportunity that we found here. Each of you came to um, exercise science from a slightly different direction. Rebecca, you um, have been and are a dancer mm -hmm. and a dance teacher. And Tom, you have uh, a broad background, but in coaching and football in particular. What was it about those each of those individual pursuits that drew you to them? For me, in, in particular, when, when I came out of college, I went directly into a strength and conditioning type of uh, setting where I was dealing with all athletes all the time, and that can be a lot of fun. It could be it could be very exciting because you get to see the products uh, of your labor directly on the field. Um, and, that, and that was great for, for a long time, but then the transition started to, to go to more, how can I challenge myself to help people who don't have the abilities of these athletes? You know? and, and so when I got out of coaching and into more the personal fitness uh, realm, it was so much more rewarding for me to say, listen, like you were somebody who was suffering from chronic back pain or, or migraines or shoulder pain and now you're able to live a more active lifestyle than most other people. Like that's more rewarding than watching an athlete go from bench pressing 325 to bench pressing 375. You know, so I, I've gotten a lot more out of that. But the, the background has really been spurred on by trying to learn new things too. Um, I feel that, especially in, in Rebecca and, and I's field, if you ever stop learning, you should get out of the business. Um, there, there's, there's a lot of right ways to do things more than there are wrong ways. And to be able to find out what all those right ways are, or at least most of the right ways, allows you to help a lot more people than the narrow scope of, of knowledge that you might have. Um, I came to personal training sort of by accident uh, through dance. I was dancing in New York, and um, dancing in New York is a bit of a difficult uh, thing to also make a living at. Um, and I was in a company with a bunch of girls who were Pilates instructors and managers and personal trainers, and they happened to um, 
and I really loved what they were talking about and they happened to have uh, connections to interviews and, and that sort of thing. So that's how I got into personal training. I wanted to make money doing something that I loved, helping other people move and come to fitness um, from maybe a places where they, they didn't know how to get there. And from there, I really fell in love with personal training, but more um, how people moved, watching the technique of uh, different movement patterns uh, when people were doing different exercises. And I became really intrigued with how does this happen? Why is the brain connecting with the muscles and doing, um, you know, putting a kneecap in a certain place? Why is that happening and how is that happening? Um, and so I found the answers to those questions through the through motor learning and control. Um, and uh, as I was as I was doing that, I sort of fell in love with uh, the topic of aging, and I became extremely intrigued by the the changes that happen as we age, um, and the fact that you can really slow those changes and slow those regressions, and even to some extent put uh, a stop to some of them and reverse them. Uh, and so, you know, I, I am so impressed by working with people who have goals that are as simple as getting down to the floor, um, who can't do that anymore. And that to me is kind of what this field is all about, is finding uh, those things that make people's quality of life that much better. Um, and and people kind of doing things that they just thought they couldn't do anymore. What types of um, lessons did you take away from the work that you did with Equinox in New York City? It seems like what you're describing, um, each of you is describing, probably pulls some elements from what you did there, but also seems fairly unique to um, this new business that you started. It is. I mean, we have to credit Equinox with a huge amount of what we do and what we're what we're um, able to do here. We couldn't have started a business without that background. Equinox is hugely uh, aware of the importance of education, and they put a great deal of emphasis on education as they hire new trainers. So the initial, for me, I had a background in dance. I have a degree in dance, so I had the anatomy training and, and all of that, but I didn't necessarily have the exercise um, physiology training and, and the the scientific background of how how everything works together. And so for me as a new trainer at Equinox, they gave me my entire base of education. You know, you go through classes for years and years and years um, there and, you know, it's all paid for. And so you have the opportunity to really delve into the material without the the issue of, oh, I, I have to go to work and do this. It's all combined. So that's really amazing. Um, and they give you the opportunity to grow. So I think we were both able to take that base and then find the niche that we were really interested in um, and expand expand from there. So, And I also feel that Equinox gives a 
gave Rebecca and I a very good footprint of what fitness could be, more from how we should feel. So when you walk into a place, like you, you should know that it's clean, that it's gonna be inviting, it's gonna be friendly, it's gonna be focused on you. The customer service aspect that we learned from, from that company has really driven us to, to build what we wanna build here. Uh, principles of being able to have an unbelievably clean workspace when you walk in, uh, I think can't be, can't be uh, discounted at all. Um, and that's something that we learned at, at Equinox. Uh, you know, the, just the basic business of, of how to do this and make sure that people, you know, for lack of a, of a, of a, of a better phrase, get what they pay for, you know, and, and make sure that they leave the building feeling like, okay, I, I feel good. I feel, I feel like I, I'm, I'm making progress. I feel like this hour I spent with this person was completely focused. It was programmed. And uh, you know that's something that, that we took away from that from that position. Having been in your store and having bought a couple of items, which <laughs> I I had to limit myself because there's a lot of really great things that I would have bought many of, many more of. Um, I, I was impressed with the conversations that I had with you about um, where the clothes came from. These are clothes that you wear to. For in my case, I was buying. Um, shirt to run in and I bought a shirt for my daughter to work out in and you're both very conscious of buying things from organizations that have a commitment to bringing quality products into the world without uh, I don't know um, using abusive processes to to manufacture these products mm -hmm. so I, I think that's pretty great and I'm not sure that everybody um, pays attention to that why was this important to you well we felt like there is a lot of athletic clothing out there, a lot of very good athletic clothing out there, um, and that there are certain brands that sort of dominate the market, um, and living in athletic clothing, we're very aware of what those brands are and how they feel on your body. Um, but being small business owners, we really felt like it was our duty and uh, that it was very important to draw in other small business owners, um, particularly those that were focusing on the quality of their product. And so we have made a, an effort to reach out to those business owners uh, that that we feel the quality is is extremely good, um, that they're taking the time to know where their product is being made, that they're taking to the time to then look over every single piece of their, um, of, of the item that's being made. And those people are, are so uh, dedicated to their businesses uh, that, you know, we felt like it was our duty to sort of promote that as well, as long as those clothing, you know, provided the, the same, if not better, quality than some of the larger brands. And so we, that's where the impetus came from. Uh, and so we've reached out to a lot of those small business owners. They've been really wonderful to work with. And like you said, we, we really try to make an effort to find things that, that are really nice to work out in. We've tried all of the clothing ourselves and we, we live in it. And, uh, you know, we feel like it does 
a great job with the 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 athletic part of it but also the leisure wear part of it and we really want to make this a lifestyle so we don't want people just to come in and buy clothes that they're going to work out in but buy clothes that they're going to work out in and then feel comfortable going to lunch afterwards or going to pick up their kids or just hanging out in um, because we feel like you know we want fitness to be a, an entire brand for yourself we want people to wake up in the morning and live a healthy lifestyle and the clothes reflect that that's where that's where we got the idea from yeah, I, I don't know much more to, how, how much I could, I could add to that, but I, I really like the idea of providing environmentally responsible um, uh, clothing. You know, we, we have a couple of brands that, you know, for every item that, that are sold, they, they take a pound of trash out of the oceans, or for every item sold, they, they donate a meal to, to a homeless shelter, or, you know, they're, they're all made in, in, if they're not American made, they're made in only women owned factories. And, and so it's really important to us that things are done responsibly and ethically. You know, it's not some sweatshop, you know, like people are getting paid, paid fair wages for their, for their work. What are some of your favorite brands? I love my new found obsession is um, is a new company called Katie Brown LA, and she's a she's a business owner out of uh, California and Oregon, and um, she uh, just takes such pride in her clothes. I have spent hours on the phone with her. Uh, and she's told me how things are made and why she's made them that way. And her material is just the softest thing you've ever put on your body and I can't stop wearing it every day. I go to my closet and I say, oh, which Katie Brown can I put on today? Um, and I, I love her clothing, but I also love her uh, her business model. I mean, she just, the customer service is better than I have ever, ever seen. If I need to talk to her, she will call me immediately. Um, and, and that's the kind of customer service that we want to provide our clients and our customers. So I really appreciate that coming back um, and having such a quality product. I really enjoy the, uh, the spiritual gangster brand that we have. It's been, it's been, uh, it's been popular uh, so far. Um, in Portland. Um, I just love the fact, you know, I, I think their motto is something along the lines of clothing for a high vibration lifestyle. And I just think that kind of sums up uh, people like Rebecca and I, because we're always moving, we're always doing something, we can never really sit still. Um, and, and it's just, it, it's clothing that help you think, okay, you know, I'm, I, I'm yeah, I'm spiritual, I, I'm centered, but I'm also, you know what, I'm, I, I'm tough. I, I can go out and I can get, I can get things done. And I just really love the aspect of creating. So what they've done is they've created a brand that, that takes the aspects of, of, of being putting yourself out there and then also being able to center it back to you again. And I just love that. And uh, we a couple other brands that I, I think is worth noting about is we have a, a brand out of Arizona called R&R Surplus. This was started by a husband and wife team similar to Rebecca and I. 
and uh, the, uh, he was a, a boxer and was always working out and wanted to have something that he could wear around the house that was going to be comfortable, very, very well made, uh, but also fashionable. So they developed this line and it's all hand stitched. It's all made to order directly for us. It's really, it's an amazing product. Uh, you know, triple layered sweatshirts that are just incredibly comfortable. Uh, and so I just love the aspect that, that they've said, listen, like this isn't something that we don't know if we're gonna like, you know, be Nike or, or Reebok, but we're gonna make stuff that we want, that we wanna wear and hopefully you wanna wear it too. And I love that, I, lo I love that aspect. Well, having lived in Maine for most of my life and having been a runner for most of my life and athlete, an athlete in college and in high school, I think I, I agree with you that um, it's important to have, and, and I, because I do something almost every day, it's, it becomes something that I actually look for. I look for clothes that wear well. I look for clothes that, for clothes that feel good. If I'm going to run 13 miles in the winter, I'm going to look for something that's warm and that, you know, wicks moisture. And so it actually becomes, it's such a big part of what I do and what a lot of people do that I think what you're describing is really important. And um, I think I remember back in, I guess it must be the 80s, just putting on an enormous sweatshirt and going out with like rag wool mittens and going out on a, on a January morning to, to run. Right. So I'm, I so appreciate having the nice clothing because it's also kind of motivating. It's motivating to be able to be like, I love this outfit. I'm going to put it on and I'm going to go do my interval training. So I think what you're doing is recognizing that, you know, this sometimes working out is not easy. So whatever we can do to kind of feel really good about it and ourselves, it's helpful. Exactly. I think you bring up a really interesting point, too. And something I, I, I believe in it is not always focusing so hard on the end result. You know, they talk about the pursuit of happiness. I like to think more about the happiness of the pursuit going through that journey and I think that what you wear while you do that has an has a impact on that so if you enjoy your journey the idea of you getting to that end point comes much more realistic I like that you call yourselves shift it's not uh, it, it's kind of it's something it's a little bit softer and it suggests that transformation is possible in incremental ways so tell me why. Why was that term, um, why did that become your store title? Well, you, 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 you definitely touched on it. You, you know, we think that to say, let's change, or I'm going to go on a diet, let's say, is not the right way of thinking about things. If you can say, let's change you know, gently, or let's shift the way that you eat, let, let, let's shift your thinking about something, makes a lot more sense than doing a dead stop full change. Uh, and so when we, think of, when we think about names for this for the store and our, and, and our company, you know, we wanted to have something that could go a lot of different ways too. Um, we wanted people to be able to look at, at, our, at our name and, and, and you know, strike some thoughts. Like what, what are they trying to get at? You know, what, what, what are they trying to, to accomplish? And so, you know, like shifting is a verb, it's a noun, it's a lot of different things that, that, you, can, that you can play with. And we just really liked it. We thought it was, it was a nice, nice way to, you know, we want to say, you know, make, make some, some shift happen. You know, it's like, let, let's, let's get out there and, and let, let's try to, to inspire some people. Rebecca, if people come to your store on Market Street, obviously they can buy some of these wonderful pieces of clothing that you're describing, but you also offer personal training sessions, you also offer classes. 
Tell me about some of the things that people will be able to sign up for. Right, so we have a few different ways of making appointments with us. Uh, The first is classes. So we offer three classes a week. They're small group classes, meaning they're limited to four people, so they're extremely individualized. Um, They are Tuesday and Thursdays at 5.30 p.m. for an hour and Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. And they're, they're small group circuit training classes. So we change the workout every day, every class. And uh, it's for all levels. So if you have never worked out before and you're interested in trying these classes, uh, that's fine. We will take the time to teach you or to um, regress or progress the exercise based on your, your ability and your level of experience and knowledge. Uh, and in terms of personal training, our personal training sessions are an hour. And they are, they are by appointment. And so we are able to accommodate whatever schedule you have, uh, whether that is at 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. or 7 p.m., 8 p.m. You know, our goal is to have people work out um, whenever they can. And so we want to fit those those sessions into into crazy schedules. if you come to the store or call us, um, we can, we'll talk to you about uh, where your fitness levels are now, what your goals are. Uh, we'll talk to you about making those goals maintainable and achievable. Uh, and we will do a fitness assessment. So we'll make an appointment to take an hour with you to go over uh you know, every concern that you have, we want to learn about your lifestyle. What do you eat in the morning? What do you eat at night? Um, you know, what happens when you go out on a Saturday night? That sort of thing. Everything is so important and vital to the success of, of reaching your goal. And we want to see how you move, what joints are locked, what joints are moving properly. Uh, we'll do uh, an assessment called the functional movement screen which assesses every joint uh, in your body and sees how, how you really move and what is going on. Are there problems with your hip joint? And is that maybe affecting pain in your back? Are you having pain in your knee? And if so, is your ankle joint locked? That sort of thing. So we really do a very thorough assessment. Again, this is all about moving well and, uh, and maintaining and achieving the optimum Um, or the optimal quality of life, uh, however old you are. Whether you're 18 and you're a football player and you want to go to college for football, we can help you with that. Whether you're 85 and you have had a lot of balance issues, we can help you with that. Or whether you're 45 and you're concerned about moving into the 50s, the 60s, and you want to make sure that you do that without injuries, and we can we can help you with that too. Um, it's all about looking at the individual and seeing where they are and how they're moving, and then creating a individualized program for that person and taking you through that. Tom, what is the website for Shift Portland? Uh, we're at www.shift-portland.com. Uh, all of our information is on there for our class schedules, um, information regarding the brands that we sell, information about our rates, and biographical information about Rebecca and I as well. 
Excellent. Well, I'm hoping that many people as a result of this conversation will be calling you up and coming into your store and seeing all the wonderful things that you have to offer. I give you a lot of credit for starting this new business and being entrepreneurs in this field because I think it's an important one. Um, we've been speaking with Tom Kropp and Rebecca Wall, who run Shift Portland, a personal fitness facility on Market Street. Thanks so much for the work that you're doing, and thanks for coming in today. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Love Maine Radio is brought to you by Mac Page, an accounting and management consulting firm that believes the path to success is paved by their ability to build lasting, meaningful relationships with their clients. Mac Page, accessible, approachable, and accountable. For more information, go to macpage.com. You have been listening to Love Main Radio, show number 228, Bodily Alignment, with Dr. J.C. Goddard, Rebecca Wool, and Tom Kropp. For more information on our guests and extended interviews, visit lovemainradio.com. Love Main Radio is downloadable for free on iTunes. For a preview of each week's show, sign up for our e-newsletter and like our Love Main Radio Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter as Dr. Lisa and see my running, travel, food, and wellness photos as Bountiful One on Instagram. We love to hear from you, so please let us know what you think of Love Main Radio. We welcome your suggestions for future shows. Also, let our sponsors know that you have heard about them here. We are privileged that they enable us to bring Love Main Radio to you each week. This is Dr. Lisa Belial. I hope that you have enjoyed our bodily alignment show. If you happen to see my daughter, Abigail, I hope that you have wished her a happy 20th birthday. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day. May you have a bountiful life. Love, Maine Radio is made possible with the support of Maine Magazine, Berlin City Honda, Boone's Fish House and Oyster Room, Mac Page, St. Mary's, and Apothecary by Design. Audio production and original music have been provided by Spencer Albee. Our editorial producer is Kelly Chase. Our assistant producer is Emily Davis. Our community development manager is Casey Lovejoy. And our executive producers are Kevin Thomas, Susan Grisanti, and Dr. Lisa Bellisle. For more information on our host's production team, Maine Magazine, or any of the guests featured here today, visit us at lovemainradio.com.